I've never had much of a sweet tooth, personally. That's good, I guess, because a new study published in the journal BMJ found that high consumption of added sugars was associated with significantly higher risks of 45 adverse health outcomes, including high blood pressure, cancer, and depression. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Messerly. The Biden administration has introduced a new payment model aimed at providing more money to doctors and medical groups who treat underserved populations with greater medical needs. The government uses a formula called the Area Deprivation Index to determine which patients are most in need. Some public health experts worry that it discounts people in urban neighborhoods who need it most because the metric can produce distorted results as home values tend to be higher in urban areas, even in places rife with poverty and poor health outcomes. CMS acknowledges the critiques and says it may adjust the model in time. On Tuesday, the FDA said that the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines will only use the bivalent shot and withdrew its emergency use authorization for the older mRNA vaccines. The announcement clarifies that healthy people who have never been vaccinated for COVID would receive one bivalent shot. Adults who haven't received a bivalent booster are still eligible for one, but don't need an additional booster. People at higher risk of developing severe COVID, such as those with compromised immune systems or adults over 65, are eligible for an additional bivalent booster four months after their first shot. And Washington has become the first state to create data privacy protections specifically related to health information after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last June. Alfred Ng explains the impact it might have on companies sharing or collecting consumer health data and the potential civil claims it might allow residents to bring against violators. Thanks for having me. So Washington state lawmakers passed the My Health, My Data Act on Monday. What is that and what does it aim to do? Yeah, so this is a bill that's setting data privacy regulations, but it's specifically for health data. So the type of data that you're providing to things like a period tracking app or even things like a weight loss app or, you know, a running app and things like that. It encompasses basically anything that would be considered health data. And it has a lot of privacy rights that are kind of table stakes at this point. Things like, you know, the right to request access to your data and the right to request your data be deleted. But it also has some strong requirements that other privacy bills do don't have. So some examples of that are requiring consent to collect and share health data, banning geofencing around facilities that provide healthcare services, and a private right of action to sue any companies that might have violated this law. That's really interesting. And I was going to ask, how does this differ from the protections that exist under HIPAA? So HIPAA doesn't apply to any businesses. It only applies to certain healthcare entities. So things like, you know, your hospital or an insurance company or, you know, a data processor that might work with your hospital or something like that, they have to enter a contract with them and things like that. It is one of the most confusing privacy laws that exist out there because everyone believes that their health data is private when it's not right. It only applies to certain entities and not all businesses like what this law that passed in Washington does. So why exactly are lawmakers bringing this forward now? This bill was introduced this January, but lawmakers in Washington actually announced that they wanted to do this in October, specifically pointing at the Supreme Court's ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson overturning abortion rights. That decision sparked a significant awareness of just how much health data is collected on people without any proper protections for it. Uh, you might remember around that time, there were a lot of warnings against, you know, downloading period tracking apps, for example. 
And so who exactly is going to benefit from this law? I mean, I have to imagine, you know, consumers who are using these kinds of apps. I think everyone is going to benefit from this law, really. Like the bill isn't limited to only data about reproductive health care, right? Even though that's what the focus was, it encompasses all health data. So that means stronger protections from data collection for things like your meditation app, your therapy app, you know, your Fitbit, you know, if you're using like a weight loss app or a diet app or anything like that, like all that is supposed to be protected under this bill. And the other thing is that even though this bill only passed in Washington, you know, because technology is very much like an international concept, the privacy protections afforded, you know, usually in one state tend to extend out to everyone if they can, if there's enough momentum for it, right? I have a hard time believing that if I'm an app developer, I'm going to say I'm only going to afford these privacy rights for people that live in Washington. It's really interesting to hear that, you know, companies might have to make changes to, you know, comply with Washington state law, you know, that then might apply more broadly. What are companies saying about this law? Have they responded? Are they on board or concerned with these changes? One of the arguments that tech lobbyists tried to make while this bill was being debated was that the definition of health data was being too broad, right? So for example, if you bought weights or if you got a gym membership, would that be considered restricted health data? A lot of times these privacy laws will bring up small businesses being affected by this. I think if you have a major company or something like that, being able to afford a chief privacy officer to make sure you're you're in line with this makes sense. It can be much more difficult for, for small businesses to comply with these. And that's why I know that some privacy laws do have requirements that say you have to be above a certain threshold to be affected by this law. I can't predict how this will affect companies um, going forward as far as like collecting and selling health data goes, because, you know, a lot of companies do have expensive lawyers to help them sort this all out and still be able to continue what they're doing. I do know that there's going to be a lot of arguments about enforcement for this in the next several months, though. Well, in thinking about all this, I mean, what's next for this policy? I know you mentioned, you know, the knock-on effects could be that this, you know, has an impact outside of Washington state, but are there other states looking to pass similar legislation? Yeah, several states have proposed their own health privacy bills, though they're all different from what Washington has proposed. I know that lawmakers in New York, Massachusetts, and Nevada have all proposed their own legislation, but details are all, you know, different. As far as the Washington bill goes, it still has to get signed, though the state's governor, Jay Inslee, has basically said he supported this bill from the beginning. His staff has told me that they're reviewing the final version of it, but barring any kind of exigent circumstances, like it's very likely that they are going to sign this bill. Well, I know you'll be keeping a close eye on all of these developments moving forward, but really appreciate you making the time to walk us through this today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Almond is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Messerly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.